Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'd like to begin this podcast by recognizing the traditional owners of the land in which it is recorded. I pay respect to their elders past, present, and those emerging. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> You're just stressing out. Yes, that's it. This, this is Claire stressing out for an hour. This is an hour of me doing some therapy, being like, I'm having, I a, bad take time. On, I'm having a bad time. I don't understand time. And yeah. I take on too much and cram too many things in. You know, it's not possible. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Nature or Nurture, the podcast where I talk to fascinating people on the key milestones that made them who they are today. And I'm joined by someone I'm a huge fan of, the wonderful Claire Tonti. Welcome. Hello. I'm called Fascinating. I love yeah. that already. Fascinating exciting. people. No, I yes. asked the podcast by asking a question. I always go, it's a simple question, but it's absolutely not. Mm-hmm. The question is, do you think nature or nurture had the greatest impact on oh, who you are today? So I listened to your Dr. Carl episode and I really liked how scientific he was about it. And he's like, technically, genetically 50-50, but actually often it can be like 80, your mom and 20, your dad, yeah. depending on what you look like, which I think is really interesting. I reckon so much of it is just nature. Yeah. I really, really do. And being a mum, my kids just came out the way they are. Even the birth was like very indicative of them as people. Really? Yeah, massively. Wow. Massively. Like my son was like dragged, kicking, screaming (laughs) into the world. And, you know, he's a joy. But, yeah, just... Definitely very indicative of him as a human. Loves to be at home. And my daughter couldn't wait to get out. Just out there quickly, straight wow. away. And, and she's like, that now hates being at home. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I do. I think mostly nature. Wisdom nurture thrown in. Definitely. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. it has an impact. So, I'm going to go with like 70 nature, 30 nurture. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. I might think <laughs> I might think differently tomorrow. Who knows? So when when people say they meet people's parents, they make sense. Like they mm. suddenly make sense. You go, it's an equal split, or it's more your mum or more your dad. What were you like as a kid? What What was little tons like? I was so nerdy. Oh really? Uh, yeah, 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 and yeah. really theatrical, mm. and talked a lot. Yeah. Um, and sang a lot. Sang everywhere. I'm very like in charge of things. I like to organise everyone. Yeah. All of the time, I'd organise like musical theatre in our street oh, around wow. like Greece the musical. I was very chubby, so I had to play like Kinnicky. And all the boy characters. Were you directing everybody? <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> directing. I had a choir going for a bit oh, in our wow. street. And then I would walk. I cannot believe I did this. But I used to walk around knocking all the doors of the kids to make them walk to school in a line at 8 o'clock every morning to school. And it was a 25-minute walk to our primary school. And I would, I would do it. I don't, and I used to say to mum, like, why did you make me walk, to, walk them all to school? And she's like, oh, God, never made you. You were just born that you way. You wanted to do it. Yeah, I just love an organising thing. Yeah. I like organising people. Where do you Always think that comes that way. from? Oh, good question. Nature? I think I've just been born that way. But also my dad is very much like that. Like yeah, dad's sure. passed away, but he was a real force of organising. He loved just organising people and being in front of a crowd, yeah. talking. He was a deep thinker. 
um, really like always had about a thousand projects going at the one time, didn't always finish them, yep. you know, really like all over the shop, but in a great way. Um, What'd your dad do? So dad was an academic and a writer and a philosopher as well. Wow. So had a really interesting story, dad. He is very, was very Catholic, always very Catholic. Yeah. Um, so he was raised in a really Catholic home with a very social justice bent. And so he then around his, in his early 20 was, 20s was diagnosed with a, am I breathless talking about this? Because it's like, anyway, um, interesting. So dad was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, which meant they thought he wouldn't live past 30. Wow. And at that point, transplantation wasn't an option because it affected his kidneys. Wow. So he was, I think, studying law and then was like, well, I'm not going to be here. So I may as well do something I love. And he loved philosophy and ethics. Yep. So he went and studied that. Um, and then he ended up becoming the first um, Catholic ethicist in Australia wow. and sat on the board at St. Vincent's Hospital. And at that time, he needed a transplant for um, to, for his kidneys because he went on to dialysis at that point and um, for lots of reasons decided that he didn't want to go down that road. He didn't think ethically at the time there were enough guidelines around transplantation. It was such new technology. So he decided not to get a transplant and so he's on dialysis for most of my life since I was about five yep. at home. I don't know if you've ever seen a dialysis machine. No, no, I haven't. They kind of, when I was a kid, they kind of look like an alien. They're smaller yeah. now, but they were almost the size of a person, yep. bright blue with lots of flashing lights, and it would mean that his blood was kind of filtered through the machine, um, and he would sit on it for five, six hours. Wow. But he would work that whole time. His dad was a real... Um, work kind of just got him through like his brain was just always so active so yeah. he was constantly writing and thinking and he worked um for the church and also independently as a consultant and an academic um looking at bioethics yeah and transplantation and, and lots of other things as well so um yeah very conservative person didn't yep. agree with all of his views yeah but a real force of nature yeah, wow what was your mum mm. like um, well, what is she like? Yeah, yeah. Mum is beautiful. She's yeah. a GP. Yep. Um, and she's also an academic, very exacting, very high standards for all of us. Yep. Um, creative too in her own way. She was a photographer when she was younger. Um, and I think a perfectionist as well. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's um we're very similar in in some ways. And then I think I get this kind of like drive to constantly be doing things from my dad. Yeah, sure. Um, so mum's a kind of a gentler person, but also very stoic. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. And so you're walking kids to school in a in a very straight line. <laughs> what else was what else was Tom's into? What like. what were your friends doing at the time? <laughs> um yeah, so I, I was really nerdy at school, so I didn't have a lot of mates. Sure. I think I, w I grew up in quite a, a conservative, like, kind of area. Yeah. And so, in hindsight, I just don't think I really fit in. I didn't – there weren't a lot of creatives kids who were going to my primary school. Yeah, There sure. were mainly a lot of people who were in, like, construction or building or yep. those kind of jobs. And I think they just didn't really know what to do with me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Where'd I, you grow up? Yeah, oh, just in Doncaster. Okay, like, yeah. Around that area, kind of. Um, and I think I – I, I have a really bad memory. So, I don't always remember exactly um, – why I was what kind of kid I was I don't know I feel like sometimes I have a, a bad recollection and I'm not sure why everyone didn't like me because I was adorable yeah but I think it was because I loved school so much and I loved being in the classroom I asked lots of questions I was yeah. constantly at the front like 
the bell would ring and I'd be like, but just one more question. And I think my teachers probably didn't know what to do with me either in some ways, but liked me a lot more than the kids did in my yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also I spent a lot of time zoned out because it was really noisy or boring. So I'd finish my work early and then I'd just jump into a book. So I spent a lot of time reading in the library or reading by myself. Yeah. Were you into fantasy or what sort of books were you reading? Yeah, fantasy. Yeah. Oh, Goosebumps. Oh, yeah, Stein. yeah. R.L. Oh, yeah. Loved that. Um, I loved Lord of the Rings as yeah, well. Right. Hobbit was one of my favourite books. So um, all of those kind of things. Enid Blight and then Roald Dahl. Um, yep. Robin Klein was amazing. There's a book called Fat Chance and I can't remember the author, but it was so pitiful. I read that book, Pivotal to Me, read it so many times. Yeah. Just about being a teenager and body image and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, books were a real friend. I did have some friends, but I sort of didn't understand a lot of the kids too. Yeah, Didn't sure. really get why they were mean to each other or like talked behind each other's backs or yeah. like left people out and I would sort of point it out and people would be like, not supposed to do that. Yeah, we're being mean, but that's how society. That's how we are. That's how it works. Yeah, right. And I've never, even in high school, I've never understood that. I never really understood how to play the game yeah. in inverted commas or not be myself. Yep. And so that kind of landed me in a lot of hot water and I, I kind of became very reserved as a kid and very kind of, yeah, I don't know, introverted in a weird way, even I'm a very extroverted person. Yeah, yeah. When, that. Did you know what you wanted to do when you were when you were little? Like, did you reading books and everything? Did you know what you wanted to be? Oh my God, so I do a podcast with my husband called Suggestible. Yeah. And Mum recently found a letter that I wrote about. It was for a grade five, um, like assignment where you had to say what you wanted to be when you grew up, and it is like the a letter from a sixty five year old librarian. And I, as in, I wrote it, but yeah. it's, it's that tone. It sounds like And that. every line is in a different pen colour and it's beautiful handwritten, lovely. Yeah. And it's Calligraphy was on calli- point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I spent so much time with it. <laughs> and it was so painfully self-aware as well. So I would write like, oh, one day I would love to be on the stage, but I know that's not where my talents lie. <laughs> like all this kind of really intense stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but in that, I did say that I wanted to be a writer and a teacher. Right. And so I did that. So you I've, did, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've yeah. always been very kind of driven in that I, will, I like to have a goal yep. and I like to tick it off. Yeah, So, yeah. yeah, even as a kid I kind of knew that I loved my teachers and I loved learning so I wanted to do that. Yeah. I loved books and libraries so I wanted to be a writer and I also wanted to be a performer. And weirdly, I mean, I'm 37 now, it's taken a while, <laughs> but I've kind of eventually got through those yeah, kind absolutely. of things. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I was – and I think even at like – 10 I was very much a planner so yeah. like I would be like oh, I'll be a teacher because one day I'll get married and I'll have children and I'll need to be able to like you know look after them that's my the- dog in the background yeah. he's destroying everything <laughs> yeah I love it. it's so awesome what's his name again uh, Missy Diggins Missy Diggins that's yeah. right oh, God. so great Just yeah so great um yeah so that was that's me I've always been yeah. um very busy likes a lot, like a lot of projects don't always cut don't not always actually like follow through with them, but I try. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so when you went to high school, was there a change in in you? Did you did you find a change like going through high school? Did you veer off at all? Were you wanting to do other things? Were you still reading? Did you make new friends? Like, what were you like at <laughs> what were you like at high school? It's so much about me. It's so weird being asked <laughs> questions because I do an interview show, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it is just it's so weird. I'm like, no one wants to hear any more about this. <laughs> um, 
God. Anyway, why not? I guess we just have to keep going, don't we? That's how an interview works. You can't pull the plug. No, I can't now. Um, anyway, well, yeah, so when I went to high school, I didn't really deviate from yep. being that person. Yep. Didn't know that I was supposed to. Sure. Didn't really get the memo about being cool. Yep. Never could do it. Very confused. And also I grew up in a very conservative Catholic home and so I came with some ideas about the world that were very conservative. Sure, that yeah. I That I just... Uh, for my 15, like 14-year-old self who was like arguing with like other girls in my like Catholic school about like yep. sex and all kinds of things, I just was so conservative and didn't really know that I had been kind of brought up in that way. And yeah. So but just, it's funny, isn't it, when you're taking your parents' views to yeah, school yes. as well and fighting about it because it's what you think you believe in at the time. Exactly. Yeah. That was 100% it. So... And I always love a good argument. And in my house, we grew up arguing around the table mainly about politics or sure. religion or philosophy or yep. ethics. So we didn't really do small talk yeah, ever. Right. Wow. And, and it's not – my parents I nev- never really saw like relaxing in the way that when I've hung out with other people's families, they do. It was. Right. Like, I mean, mum and dad would watch like BBC dramas and things, but they just work all the time. And the, everything, like particularly with my dad, everything he did was kind of through the lens of his work and what he believed in and what he was working towards. And yeah, wow. So he would just be. So I just kind of, kind of, I think absorbed that a little. Yeah. Um. And so the idea of kind of just chilling out and hanging and talking about whatever. Yeah. Was sort of not really in my. DNA or in maybe the way I was raised. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Have you gotten better at it? Yeah. Yeah. Much better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also my partner, actually, no, James still works really hard yeah. too. I've married someone who's like just typing all the time on his computer, which yeah, is wow. interesting because that was the sound of my childhood. Yeah. Which is – and it's weird because he was never working like this. Like he's a creator and a YouTuber and mm. um, makes content, but he never did that when we met. Like he was yeah. studying teaching. So he didn't really have a, like a high work ethic at that time. Yeah. I think he's actually finishing his marketing degree and, you know, didn't really like it and wasn't sure what he wanted to do. So it's really interesting that I've ended up with this person that um, also likes to be busy and, yeah, and yeah. Um, absorbed. Oh, it's mainly more absorbed in their work and so less small talk. Yeah. But I still don't like that. I like going to the meat of things. Like yeah. I like meeting my barista and being like, but how are you really? Yeah. Like, tell yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. You know, do you like small talk? No, not at all. Yeah. yeah. I find it really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I find it the most difficult part of a conversation is the small talk. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't really like it. It's always a hard thing going on dates and stuff and you have to like <laughs> do a little bit of small talk or oh. as soon as people talk about weather, I tune out. I know. Yeah. It's oh, like, I just don't want to do it at all. Like I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't care about the weather no. but uh, no <laughs> i know it's hot yeah i know it's cold exactly do you know the thing i find the hardest about small talk is that often people are sending in a representative of themselves they're not actually saying the thing they think mm. and for a long time i really didn't understand that about humans i'm like what you don't really think that yeah or really care about that yeah so why are you saying it yeah and and i find that really interesting and kind of tricky even now yeah because and i think sometimes people get like don't like me for that reason because yeah, I'm like yeah. no but what do you really think yeah like tell me how you really are tell me everything about you I want to know I'm so fascinated by you but also I don't like this like weird representative person you yeah, in, yeah which is why working and meeting more creative as I get older because I was a teacher before yep. um made way more sense to me 
Yeah. like creatives are just way more just themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. They're happy to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was maybe like 15 and I interviewed a comedian. I was so excited and I was like, how are you? And he's got, I got the biggest pain in my ass. <laughs> and it was, it was so personal. And so yeah. like straight to the point, you go, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that was it. That was the way in. I love that. I didn't want to say really, yeah, it's been a good day. Yeah. Like, you know, it was just like, I got a pain in my ass. Yeah, correct. Because <laughs> yeah. that's exactly it. Like, I will often ask, like, answer the question, how are you? Yep. Absolutely, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yep. like, real hormonal. Just cannot be fucked with the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to say, like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm Everything's good. going well. Everything's fine. Yeah. Even if you're, like, feel like total garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? How, yeah. How different people are. Absolutely. Um, So mm. you go through high school, mm-hmm. you decide you're going to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go to uni. Mm-hmm. What what, are, what what about you at uni? Like, are you are you one hundred percent dedicated to being a teacher? Oh yeah. yeah. When I decide to do something, I'm like, yeah, I'm real right. there. Yeah. And I was like, in hindsight, annoyingly at the front, yep. hand up, always asking questions. Always yeah. But I've realized in hindsight, that's how I learn. Yeah. Like, sure. I, if I'm not talking, I'm not there. Like yep. in spirit, I'm like yeah, away right. with the fairies. So either I'm like right at the front asking lots of questions. I'm not there at all because I'm bad with time and I've missed the time <laughs> of the lecture. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm like, if I'm quiet, I'm not actually present. Yeah. So it's um it's interesting in hindsight to reflect on that. Yeah. Yeah. What I actually find interesting though about schooling, and I want to go back to this just for a second. When I, because I was a really creative kid and I wanted to do a lot of creative subjects and I remember my careers counsellor going, nah. Don't yeah. do that. Because I did, did well at school. They wanted me to do methods and yep. chem and physics and all of this stuff I didn't really – wasn't that interested in and they really discouraged me from doing that. And I think that is so sad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I was the same. My teachers were the same. It's really? like, don't do that. Yeah. And they get You won't mad. get a job. You won't do this. You won't do that. Yeah, and look at us both. Look at us both. Like, working as podcasters. That's right. Got a dog called Missy Diggins. Yeah, correct. Exactly. <laughs> Doing pretty well. Exactly. I don't put him out. don't care about the sound that much. <laughs> no, it's the best. It adds to it. I yeah. love it. You know, we have, like, two podcast dogs now. Yeah, that's true. It really yeah. adds to the ambiance <laughs> yeah. of the show. But that's so true. It is sad that people, you know, it's just say, don't do that because, you know, yeah. you've got to have a backup plan. You've got to do this. You've totally. got to do that. Yeah. Well, James, my partner, was told, like, he said he wanted to be a radio presenter and they put him in the army. Well, he didn't go into the army. But yeah. they said you should join the army. Wow, yeah. And so he did like a marketing degree and drank his, and hated the whole thing yeah. all the way through. But then did teaching and because it was more creative, he suddenly found himself drawing and being artistic yeah. again and rediscovering that person. Yeah. But it's it's so wild to me how many people are discouraged from that endeavour. It's sure. really sad, yeah. It is really sad because I wonder about the trajectory then of my life but so many other people's lives and they end up working at A and Z. Yeah. Miserable. Yeah. Because that's kind of the the steps. I think when we were going through anyway, I don't know if it's changed now, but all the art subjects are marked down as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is also insane. So, yeah, it's so sad. Mm. It's how much people care about the arts. It's very good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so when when you were like being a teacher, when you were studying uh-huh. to be a teacher, yes. how what were your creative outlets at the time? Yeah, that is such good. So when I was studying to be a teacher, it was music. So I yep. did a dip, um, dip. No, I did a blah, can't talk Bachelor of Education with a diploma in music. Yeah. So I did. I got into the Bachelor of Music initially on flute. Would you believe it, wow. Sammy? I'm You're such a flautist. Is that what they call? Yeah, flautist. Yeah. Flautist. I was flouting my flauting. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I did that 
And then I chickened out and was like, well, I'm not going to be a full-time flautist. That's yeah. ridiculous. What a stupid dream. So then I got into teaching and then crossed over to do it as a diploma of music and yeah. then changed to voice. So I did on the side like a little bit of gigging and I was like writing music and yeah. singing and a lot of musical theatre. Yeah. So I did some of the theatre groups and that kind of vibe. So that really helped. And the other thing I did was submits into Paul. So I did like a lot of volunteering and working yeah. with kids. Um doing that kind of stuff, which is also really lovely as well. Yeah. yeah. And how long were you a full-time teacher for? Seven years. Yeah, wow. Yeah, seven years. Were you years. secondary school? No, primary. Primary school. Primary school, yeah. You yeah. decided primary. That was where you <laughs> oh, wanted yeah. to be. That's, yeah, like yeah. My, that's my mental <laughs> equivalent. Yeah, no, I think because, like, kids are so themselves at that point. Yeah. They're creative and cool and high school seems terrifying. But yeah. I have really good mates who are high school teachers who yeah. like, love it and couldn't think of anything worse than – primary teaching i just think teachers are amazing what they do it's just yeah absolutely such a difficult job so special but so yeah challenging. both my parents are teachers primary school oh, teachers yeah yeah, yeah. and they, they loved it but when so you're you're a primary school teacher do you remember your first day as a primary school teacher oh, yeah i do yeah it was fucked really yeah, yeah so yeah. any teachers listening when i went so I was my first day on the job. It was like January. I got emergency teaching because yep. the second half of my year, first year of teaching, I went to Africa and taught over there in a community of kids yep. with my partner, and that was just bloody awesome. So I did emergency teaching first. Thought nice, easy way in. Yeah. Second week of term, I turn up in the morning, and they're like, "So you have prep." And also we're going to the botanical gardens yeah. and you are going to have to walk this class of five-year-olds around that you've never met that have only been at school for a week and a half. But you're good at walking and keeping people in yeah. line. Well, this, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Lucky it all came in. Yeah. yeah full circle. Nice reference. <laughs> Call back. Yeah, exactly. So whoosh, this, the skills came in play, but honestly, it was like herding cats and you're in charge. If something happens to a kid, people yeah. really care about their kids. Did you know? Sometimes. I don't, I don't, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, if one yeah. Of them, like you have to bring all of them back. Yeah. If you have like true. 30 of them, you have to bring them all back. And there was all these parents there as well who were like watching me, trying to control them. Yeah. It was just a disaster. I remember like, I was chasing kids around behind trees and things because, you know, it was just How a lot. awful. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah, terrifying. So stressful. Yeah. It was so stressful. I think I had to get them on a tram because oh. they'd organized for them to go on a tram. And I just think, terrible. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why yeah. Would, yeah. <laughs> it's awful. too stressful for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Oh God. I needed a <laughs> stiff drink when I got home after that day. Well, let me <laughs> well, tell you. When did when did things change for you? So when you were a teacher and when did you decide to make a change in your career? Yeah, good question. Um, when I went on maternity leave. Right. Mm, yeah, so through my teaching, I kind of – I taught in Melbourne. I went and taught up in the Kimberleys in some Indigenous communities up there, which yep. was awesome, challenging but awesome. Um, and then I came back to Melbourne, worked a couple more years, got pregnant. And then at that time, my partner was developing his kind of YouTube channel and podcast yeah, on right. the side. Um, and that had kind of taken off and um, he didn't really have anyone to monetize, particularly the podcast. Like yep. back then, no one was making money out of podcasts. Yeah. And in Australia, no one really knew what a podcast was. Yep. It was still very American central. Yeah. Um, and so... Was I, it a shock to you that he was doing that? Like, did you just think that he would still be a teacher <laughs> and, and do that? No, no. Yeah. I just knew. I knew from very early on that he was really creative. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love, actually, and one of the reasons I love teaching so much is I love helping people to figure out what they love to do and be creative. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I did my first show, Just Make the Thing, because I'm fascinated by 
creativity and what makes people do what they do. Yeah. But also just finding that spark. Because I think people trudge around pretending that they don't have a thing that they really love to do. And actually everybody has a fucking thing they love to do. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's burning for them to make and do and get absorbed in. It doesn't matter if it's a career or not. But I also think it's really important for your mental health. Anyway, James had always had schemes and things. Like even when we were teaching in Africa, he'd make like videos of himself. I'd be like standing in a field while he's leaping about. I don't know. So I – and he got actually an internship with the Druin – is it Gruen? Gruen transfer? Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. Gruen transfer. Yeah, um, with Hungry Beast actually. Yeah, but right. But where the Gruen transfer was made. So he did a bit of stuff there and then realised he didn't like working for someone else. Yeah. And so he came back and was like, well, I'll, I'll just do teaching. But I always knew that he it wasn't really his main yeah, vibe. Sure. Yeah, sure. I always thought he'd do something. I didn't think it would become what it has, which yep. is like pretty successful. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. But I knew that he'd have to or he'd go – insane yeah like sure. i remember before when it was a really tiny show we went on a holiday to bali when we were teaching in the kimberleys and he spent most of the time in a cupboard recording himself wow. making videos yeah which is like really funny and people would be like where are your husband and i'm like lying by the pool i'm like in the cupboard, in the cupboard. <laughs> just recording <laughs> no um yeah so no it, it actually didn't surprise me it did surprise me that we were able to make a full-time gig out of yeah. it so when I went on maternity leave I was also quite burnt out from teaching I yep. found it really really exhausting yeah someone who doesn't understand time very well it's really hard yeah, there's sure. a lot of bells and yeah, things yeah, yeah. and lots of admin. they shock you every time the bells <laughs> every time yeah. the kids would be like it's the lunchtime you're like shit <laughs> not again I haven't done maths yet <laughs> yeah it was just like anyway so, so um I loved it though. I really loved teaching. yeah I loved getting to know the kids yeah so much so I do miss that but, um, but James was like, I want to monetize this. I want to, I want to make something of this. So yeah, well, you're on maternity leave. Yeah. Well, actually I decided because they were just kind of like, well, I guess we just got this show and we'll just keep going. Yeah. Nick Mason's his co-host. Yeah. And I was like, guys, we need to make, we should be making some money out of this. Like, that's ridiculous. And then I, it became an obsession with me. Yeah. As like, it happens to me, I was like, well, I'm going to make you get you ads on this. Yeah. And then I realized it was way harder than I thought because yeah. everywhere I rang in Australia was like, nah. Don't know what that is. Podcast, nah, not going to be wow. anything. No way, Jose. And now we're making one, as yeah. you see. And everyone knows what they are. But at the time, nah. And so then I um, started ringing in America because we had audience over there. Mm. And they didn't like us because we were Australian but with an American audience and they couldn't really fathom that. So yeah, they book sure. us ads and then with a company called Midroll at the time who was booking everyone and yep. had like Mike Marin and all the big podcasters on their books. Um and I got us a, a contract with them, but then they we ended up cancelling it because they just couldn't figure it out. I don't wow. know. It was, they kept cancelling our ad spots. So then I went directly to like Squarespace and yep. MailChimp and Audible and like all of the brands. And I just would listen religiously, obsessively to podcasts and be like, oh, that's another ad for the, the – I haven't heard of them before. Yeah, Google wow. them and then like send them emails and then cold call and then – yeah. Would have felt like the Wild West, like doing it, like oh, <laughs> trying to work it out oh as it was God. going. It was such a good puzzle for me because yeah. my um, I found maternity leave incredibly hard. Yeah, for lots of reasons, but one of the things I think was the loss of identity, and my brain is so like needs shit to do. Yeah, sure. Or it just starts tearing up the furniture and um, yeah. making you miserable. But you also would have been so exhausted, and you know, yeah, like, yeah, and and weirdly. 
because I was up so much, our son wasn't a very good sleeper and was quite unwell when he was a baby. And so it was like an escape to figure it out, like a puzzle. And I'd be up at three o'clock in the morning anyway. So I could call the US because I was awake. Yeah, right. So I'd like be breastfeeding or something and then like ringing advertisers and being like, let me pull you through to accounts. And then like <laughs> email. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com mal from a different email i had like five different email addresses just kind of doing it that way but we ended up getting some pretty big contracts through that yeah um and over time it kind of developed from there. And it was really, yeah, it was super exciting. It was the Wild West. Yeah. Because you could also just throw a number out there and be like, we think this. Yeah. And as a teacher, like I had no idea what people paid in advertising. Yeah, of so course. So I would yeah. just be Googling it, like podcast advertising, CPM, what is that? Yeah, what does that yeah. stand for and how much to charge? And then just we just say a figure. And then when they'd come back and be like, sure, we'd be like, <gasps> what? <laughs> Could we ask for more? Yeah, exactly. What yeah. What was it like when you decided to make it full-time? Was that a scary thing for both of you? So people ask us this all the time right. and it really wasn't. Yeah. I remember James's boss sat him down and was like, mate, you've got a kid on the way. This is very dangerous. Yeah. I'm like, are you going to be all right? And he's like, no, no, not at all. I think because we'd been doing it gradually, so while I was – like teaching, I was also doing some of the advertising stuff yep. down on the side and James's YouTube channel had really taken off by that point. And so um, he had just been slowly reducing his days. Yeah, sure. So he sure. probably worked in teaching longer than he needed to. Yeah. But we just wanted to make sure that we were financially ready to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it meant that for a while he was doing like eight-hour days at school and eight-hour days at home and yep. it was a lot. Yeah, sure. Um, but then – so once we actually finally made the – leap it was more a relief yeah and I had a baby by that point and it was just so nice that he could be there as well yeah absolutely. and working together at home so yeah it wasn't scary yeah. I mean maybe it should have been I don't know <laughs> but it wasn't yeah. yeah when did you decide that you liked doing that podcasting yeah oh good question um it was when, I can't even remember now, I think it was like at a certain point I grabbed a whole lot of other comedians' shows on the network yep. um, who were all amazing and because I booked out all of James's show, I was like, well, why don't they have advertising? I can yeah, see sure. if I can help. Yep. Um, and so that was kind of how Planet Broadcasting was born. But then I realised I'd worked myself into this corner where I was like an ad salesperson. Yeah, sure. Which is so not my values and also not really me. Yeah. And... I also, I think for some reason I'd absorbed this idea and maybe being a woman as well, and I've thought about it a lot recently, being a mother too, that I didn't have permission. And maybe also growing up in an all school where you get kind of, I don't know, put down a lot for being different and, mm. and thinking differently and be quieter and be less. And yep. I was also like really like quite a, like struggled with my weight as well, which I know sounds like it shouldn't be correlated to whether or not you think you have permission to be a creative or a performer or mm. a singer, but actually it's massively connected, yeah. particularly for women. Yeah. Because I never got roles that I thought I could, you know, that I liked that much because of the way I look. Yeah, sure. And even though I'm really lucky, I'm, you know, 
but I am different. Yeah. And, and particularly then when I, and even now I look back and I think I wasn't over, like I was just a beautiful, healthy body type. Yeah. But in that particular heroin, heroin chic vibe. Yeah. And even now too, you just absorb all this messaging that, oh, that's not for you. Yeah, sure. And so even the, the choice to decide that I should make a something, I think it got to a point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. I really am not about advertising. And I was spending so much time with blokes who were really like money obsessed and like startup culture. And yeah. we were like, we could have taken on investors and all of this stuff. And I realized my whole working day, other than spending time with my kids, was talking to mainly dudes. Supporting mainly dudes yep. on their podcasts, which cool, great guys I worked with, but also that's not really at the end of the day what I yeah. am passionate about. And I have a real social justice bent and equality and, and feminist kind of outlook. Um, and I realized our network wasn't very diverse either. So I was kind of growing in my insight and my awareness about the world and my place in it and all yeah, of that time. But yeah, I felt. I don't know. I felt really nervous about even giving myself permission to make something. Yeah. And have yeah. a voice. I felt really, really uncomfortable about it, which is so weird because I've always been like that as a kid. Yeah. Um, but I think I think I'd had a lot of run-ins with people over the years who had been like shut her down. Like and I and I I speak to a lot of other vocal women who would say the same. Yeah. For women, you kind of you get told over and over again in subtle and different ways that you're too much and you're too loud and you're too different and why are you so opinionated why are you so like you shouldn't be that way or and and I think as well the culture kind of represents that to us as well now there's more diversity yeah but when I was growing up there really wasn't yeah for women particularly um, and so, yeah, it took me a lot to make, just make the thing, but I just had to, because my brain was like, just so frustrated. Yeah. Um, and also I didn't want to live as in the shadow of, and James was always so supportive of me, but I always felt like I was, like I'd fallen into the supporting role. Yep. Which is, I think what a lot of women do, we get married and then we fall into the supporting role, um, the caring role and the supporting role, like doing the admin when that's never been me. Yeah, sure. And I, and it took me a long time to realise it wasn't an accident. Like that's a really, really common story for women. Yeah. So yeah. when you're doing, you know, you're, you're doing your podcast, you've got taunts, you've got suggestible. When when did music come back for you? Oh, really recently. Yeah. Like last year. Yeah. Yeah, so I did just make the thing for a while and I did taunts as an interview show, which developed from that. And then suggestible is like a review show with James, which is just super fun. We do once a week um and so that was fun because you know interviewing as you know you just you ask questions and I love that yeah but you don't have to talk about yourself yeah much sure. yeah, yeah and yeah. suggestible we were reviewing stuff um which we still make it comes every Thursday and it's awesome so much fun but yeah it wasn't really creative in that I didn't have to really put myself out there yeah sure in the same way um, and then I got really sick at the start of last year I got long COVID I had got COVID in January 2022 and mm. I think I'd just been running on empty. I had my daughter during the pandemic and being stuck inside just, I just nearly broke us both, I think. And we were really lucky. We, our business is going really well and stuff, but the, 
just having a, a little baby and all the worries while also trying to parent and work and then have a newborn and then homeschool as yeah. well on top of all of that. Um, oh, it was all, it was very, really difficult in Melbourne. Um, and so after all of that, when I got COVID in Jan, I just, my body kind of just was like enough yep. and I couldn't get out of bed. I had brain fog and really bad cough and yeah. all those kind of classic long COVID symptoms. So I had to stop and I couldn't do anything else. Um, and then when that kind of happened, my, because I couldn't watch TV even, the light was too bright. It's the first time that I'd ever really slowed down in a really, really long time. And yeah. so, so I just started writing music again. Yeah. Um, and then I got a singing teacher as well who is so special. Is a really cool person, Bianca, and just saw a couple of my songs and was like, why aren't you doing something with that? And I think sometimes... And it is true for kids as well, I know, but it just takes one person to see something in you that no one else has seen yeah, and really believe in you. Like it, sometimes it's a parent, but often it can be a teacher mm. when you're a kid. And if they say the right thing to you in the right, right moment, that can be all it is. It does it just, it's one person, yeah, you know? And I, I think that was so special to have at 37 someone be like, to do something with this. Yeah. And you're good at it. Yeah. Like you can songwrite and your songs are good. Yeah. Which is also something that kind of blew me away. And it was so needed for me. It was really healing. And I also met a really amazing naturopath as well who, Freya Lawla, who was really instrumental at helping me get healthy. Um, so I'd seen a GP and they were like, rest more. And I'm like, that sounds not doable yeah. with two children. Yeah, they've um, been doing it heaps as well yeah. with the COVID. <laughs> exactly, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. resting, it's not getting better. So she kind of helped me to reframe my working life and yep. work out that actually um, you don't have to have work be in charge of you. Yeah. That actually you're able to be in charge of it and just yeah. design your working week and your working life, particularly when you work for yourself, it can bleed into everything. Yeah. And then you don't have any time to chill out and just be and do what you love and and even just the idea and maybe it's my catholic upbringing too of doing things for fun i mean ironically the thing i was doing for fun is now an album and now it's work but you know i just find that really radical that you know to be able to really sit still for a while and so i often say that to people that if you aren't sure what you're doing in life and where things are going it sounds so simple but if you just sit still like you actually just stop for a while it comes yeah but often we just don't in the way we turn Netflix on or whatever at yep. the end of the day. Yeah, and to switch off. Yeah. yeah. It's the it's finding that stillness in your life. And so I'm not I'm not always good at it, but I'm trying to practice that more. Yeah. Finding balance. So yeah, that's when it happened last year. And you got your first live show coming up pretty I soon. I do. Yeah, on the, yeah. yeah, it's on the eleventh of Feb. Yeah. Brunswick Forum. Yeah. Putting a little plug in. Um, yeah, it's going to be really fun. I'm really yeah. excited. I've got my first single, Theatre Feels, already out. And my second single is called Free. And it's kind of about what we were talking about. It's about breaking down body stereotypes and expectations, particularly for women, but everyone, about what people tell you you should be versus who you actually are and yep. reclaiming your fire and who you want to be as a person. And my daughter's in it too at the start and at the end. And that single freeze coming out on the 27th of Jan. Amazing. She's really excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a video clip too. Yeah. It's amazing. I loved it. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. yeah. It's very Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I've got standard questions to ask on this oh, podcast. Yes. So I always start with what trait in people do you admire the most? What kinds of people are you drawn to? 
Mm, um, people who are authentically themselves, which sounds corny, but I yep. just think right there, I know who you are and who are living in the arena. Yeah. You know, yeah. who are just, who are giving it a bloody red hot go. Yeah. And I really connect to that, yep. I think. I, and I really respect it. And whatever that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you could choose to be born into the perfect environment, what do you think that would look like? Do you mean in terms of like your family yeah. life? Yeah, your upbringing. You know what? I wouldn't change the way I would yeah. start up. Yeah. I really wouldn't. I think, you know, if no one, no parent gets it perfect. Yeah. And I, you know, there's a lot of things about growing up in a very conservative Catholic house that were challenging and difficult. Yeah. But I also think it, if you let it, it makes it, it makes you who you are. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't change it. Uh, what's your favourite thing about yourself? Oh, God, that's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, people always struggle with that one the my most. My yeah. spectacular good look. Though. <laughs> um, oh, God, what is my what is it, what is it my favourite thing about myself? Um, that I am unafraid to give it a go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jump in and see what happens. Yeah, that's great. What's something about yourself you could change? Oh, I'd like to think a little bit more before I jump in sure. and give it yeah, a go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that would be good. Yeah. Yeah, and being better with time. Yeah, I sure. find that really, really hard. Yeah. Uh, who influenced you the most? Um, overall, yeah, mm. my parents definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. They shape who you, who you are, I think. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Uh, who do you choose to surround yourself with now and has that changed over time? Mm, yeah, it has actually. I no longer have any interest in spending time with people that I don't resonate with, you know, like I don't value what they value. and Yeah, you grow apart from people. Yeah, you do, yeah. but I'm okay with that now. I think particularly because of the way that I was at school, I just desperately wanted everyone to like me for a really yeah, long time. Sure. And I've kind of let that go now. So I surround myself with people who um, feel deeply and think deeply and – who I really admire the way they walk through the world, yeah. you know, and who are paying attention and awake in their lives. Yeah, yeah. So that's the hardest thing, I think, when you spend time with people where you they're not consciously making choices about the way they're going. It doesn't mean that you surround yourself with people who are getting it right all the time or perfect yeah. on any level, but that to me, um, yeah, is something I really admire. And I'm so lucky to know so many women in particular who – I admire their parenting and their work and their approach to life and all that. I get so much wisdom from yeah. and strength from them too. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, when are you at your happiest? Um, oh, either with my kids, yep. I think, doing something like outdoors at the beach. I, um, I love being in the bush. I, I, that's one of my stillness things is going for long walks in the bush. Yeah, No yep. headphones, nothing. Um, so that's probably the other place I'm happiest or singing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. When yeah. I'm, when I'm singing and i um, really in it, like especially songwriting actually for me. Yeah. I'm happy in a lot of places. Yeah. <laughs> Just generally happy. Yeah. <laughs> I generally am. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty joyful person. But songwriting to me is so magical because it is part of that stillness of listening and then just kind of figuring out what's going to come out next. Yeah. It's a bit like fishing for jellyfish, I say. Yeah, like, right. So fun to me. Endlessly interesting. Oh, that sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> when are you at your lowest? Oh, when I'm not being creative. When I yeah. have to be at home all the time. Yeah, sure. When I can't see my kids. When, 
Yeah, that would be like, or when I'm, when I'm, I'm, yeah, when I'm just not being creative. Yeah. And I'm not seeing lots of people and connecting. And, you know, that's probably COVID is one of the hardest points for me for that reason. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you could pinpoint a moment in your life that you think had the greatest impact on you, what do you think that would be? Oh, that's a hard one. The greatest impact. Um, do you know what this, uh, I think it, I think I have to say when I got into the school, high school musical, okay. I was super nerdy and I hadn't really done any singing and performing much at that point. And it was like year 11 and I was so stuck and felt like such an, like a pariah in a lot of ways at school. And then I auditioned and out of nowhere got like a lead role. And I just think that and then being on stage when that happened and having the kind of response from the crowd because the stage has always felt like home to me. Like being on the stage and being in front of people is just like endlessly energising and fun and and so it was that it was like coming home to myself. Yeah. And other people seeing me in a totally different way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably that's had a huge impact on me over time. Yeah. Uh, what was the musical? Godspell. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Very on brand. <laughs> very on brand. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very on brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wow. Do we? Do you get nervous like when you were doing that? Uh, no. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. No. Because I. It was like when I made the video clip, it was the same. And I'd forgotten. I get nervous. Like I get manic. Yeah. Manic is probably a good word for it beforehand. Yeah. Because I have visions of how I want it to be. But when I'm there, it's like flying. Yeah, sure. Because it feels like I'm exactly where I want to be and I'm really, really present. Yeah. And I think that that's the most present I ever am. Because yeah, of wow. all the adrenaline, I find it really hard to stay in the present unless I'm super interested yeah, sure. in what's going on. And so, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm nervous about the album launch, terrified about that But because um, I haven't done it in so long. Yeah. But, yeah, no, not when I was doing that kind of thing. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what's the hardest thing that you've been through and did it change you? Um, yeah, childbirth. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Massively changed everything about me. It's my album's called Matrescence for that reason because – and I'm so passionate about this. I didn't know matrescence means the transition to motherhood and it's the equivalent to adolescence. So all the hormone shifts, the identity crisis, the like weird body shit that happens when you're a teenager happens to women but we don't get told that. And so what happens is you you go through labour, which in and of itself I had a really traumatic birth. Um, which I was so unprepared for. I think yeah. culturally we've got such a lack of information for women about their bodies, about how to really get through childbirth in a way that's safe and nurturing. And um, I just was, for lots of reasons, kind of, I think, really let down by the system. And there's so much yeah. evidence to suggest that at the moment the system has a real blind spot when it comes to the kind of spiritual nature of childbirth and the need for um, emotional well-being to be really cared for and Mm. women to be really nurtured through that process. And there are amazing midwives out there doing wonderful things and and obstetricians, but overall the system is so overworked and underfunded that women are leaving birth utterly traumatised. There's an amazing um, documentary on this called Birth Time, which when I watched it, it just blew me away because I thought I was the only one that came out of that utterly um, 
at a loss. I'd felt like, I feel like I'd gone to war and I was so injured in so many ways, emotionally as well as physically. And so many other women I know have had similar experiences. Horrendous. Mm. Um, and that's why I call the album Matrescence because actually it can take 10 years for a woman to move through that process and we're never the same. And our culture says women should be. You know, that, well, you'll bounce back and if your body looks the same, then you'll be the same. But actually even chemically in our brain, we become a different person. Mm. And in some ways, obviously, we still have a core identity, but we we do shift and change and, and, you know, producing a human with your body and then pushing them out into the world is going to change you yeah. forever. Yeah. Like it really is. And in, a one, in lots of wonderful ways too, but I'm really um, – angry actually that so many women me myself included have um not been educated enough about what happens to us and on our hormones as well because if we are traumatized during birth it affects our menopause so like and you can have a much worse menopause than you would otherwise and menopause is something we don't know about either perimenopause as well i have a whole episode with freya lawler about hormones for women because i believe this so strongly that i think just education is um really powerful and important for women so that we can be better and the the community and our you know society at large just needs really strong healthy women and our kids need that too yeah so um anyway to answer your question childbirth (laughs) was that was that terrifying to go back and have a second child oh yeah it took me a long time yeah i had a had a um really so a couple of years after I gave birth to my son, I had a, a really traumatizing kind of miscarriage as well, which was another thing that I hadn't realized A, was so common, but B, could be so traumatic. Yeah. It was like going into labor again. And I talk about it openly because I, I just don't want other women to be shocked as I was. Yeah. And but when I got to the hospital, they weren't that shocked. When the ambos turned up, they were like, oh, this happens all the time. Like I was passed out on the ground and they're like, oh, yeah. Happens all wow. the time. And you just don't know that until you experience it. And so after that, it took me a really long time to think about having a, um, a second. Yeah. Uh, and then I wanted everything to be as controlled as possible. So I had a cesarean with her, yeah. um, which made a big difference. But, um, yeah, it took me a long time yeah. to, move through it, to move through all of it. Yeah. Hmm. With the kids now, do you see a little bit of you and James in – in the kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much so. It's really interesting. What parts of the kids do you see? It's really – my sister sometimes says we've replaced ourselves. Wow. Because <laughs> our son is off is – Leave them on the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very similar to James and my daughter is very similar to me in some ways. I mean, yeah. And there's also – it's a mix of things. Yeah. But even looks-wise as kids, we they look very similar to how we were when we were growing up. Yeah. Mm. What – um when your, when your dad passed away, what, what was the thing that you kind of took – from from his life did you did you have anything where you went oh I'm going to take this I'm gonna you know teach my kids this was there anything kind of big about your dad that that Mm. you thought you wanted to pass on to your kids so many things one of the one of the things weirdly for someone who was catholic and conservative that there are no rules wow yeah even though he grew he sort of believed in a lot of like rules ethically speaking but also he understood that it's all a bit of a pageant like he loved a costume, he loved to think right. outside the box and always taught us that. So I think living in that way where you, there are no rules, so bloody go out and try the, some things yeah, and fail and give it another go and not be afraid. 
I think so many people live with a lot of fear around what other people think of them. And my dad just had, did not have a bone in his body that cared about what anyone else thought. Yeah. Which I also am trying to impart to my kids as well. But the main thing is that you you can live the way that you want to and be who you want to be regardless of what people are telling you. you Yeah. You know, jump in. Uh, What drives you now every day? What motivates you to keep going every day? Curiosity. Yeah. That's probably the big one. Yeah. Yeah, that. And love of my kids too because I really – part of the music thing was that for my daughter especially, I really wanted her to see and know that I have my own creative endeavours, I have my own career, I'm standing in my own two shoes and walking my own path. Which, oh God, I'm saying so many cliches in this interview. <laughs> but, any, but that's it. Like I just wanted her to know that, that, I, I, that um, particularly for women, um, it's so important that our daughters see that we have our own, you know, desires and dreams and aspirations and voice. Yeah. And regardless of whether that means that you are a stay-at-home mum full-time or if you are a career person or a mix of in-between, it's more just about knowing what you love to do and that your kids can see you doing that and pursuing what lights you up. And I would, I just think kids absorb so much more of what we do than what we say. Yeah. And um, I really wanted to model that for her. Yeah. That's the same question that I do at the start. What do you think, Claire Tonti, nature or nurture? Oh, yeah. Now I'm thinking it's for nurture. (laughs) (laughs) Great question, Sammy. Yeah, I reckon it more might nurture, be more maybe. nurture yeah. than I thought. You can change the you can change the percentages <laughs> if you like the ratio there. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's more like fifty fifty. I don't know. Yeah. How do people find you and every wonderful thing that you're doing? Oh yeah, so um, you can head to my Instagram page where I like to tell stories at Claire Tonti. Um, I also have a website clairetonti.com. Um, you can find tickets to my live show at Mosh Ticks at Brunswick Borum, I would love you to come. And actually, Spotify is where you can listen to my music. So my yep. first single, um, Fear to Feel, is there. So if you're curious about what this woman, uh, if you got to this point in the interview, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, and you want to hear some music, that's where I am over on Spotify, Claire Tonti. Yeah. And Taunts, you got your Taunts podcast oh, yeah, and you got point. Suggestible Pod. forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, so they're on Apple Podcasts yeah. as well. Um, the new season of Taunts will be coming out a little bit later in the year. I've got a beautiful interview with you. Oh, yeah, I'm on Yes, there. on yeah. Taunts. Did a lovely interview with Sammy in the first season. So, um, yeah, head on over to Taunts. And Suggestible comes out every Thursday. Amazing. We'll be back online pretty soon. Yeah, great. Well, Claire Tonti, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to Nature or Nurture for this week. My name is Sammy Peterson and you can follow me sampeterson91 on Instagram. I also have a comedy podcast called Confessions. You can find that. The handles are Confessions, the podcast on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. You can also just search it on your regular podcast apps. Please do rate 
this podcast. Uh, I would love that. It helps get the podcast out there to so many people. Thank you to the wonderful Michelle Laurie and Matthew Tankard. They're, they're great producers and I couldn't do this without them. Please do share this podcast around. I'd love to get it out there to as many people as possible. So please do share it with a friend and tell the person that you just heard on this podcast that you've really enjoyed hearing their chat. Thank you so much. Hope you have a good week and I will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye.